You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. I want to talk this morning about the promise that God has given you. Every person has got a promise, something that God has promised you. Many people will tell you, God has promised me this. But how many people do you see actually enter into that promise? Am I talking to the right people here? Do you have a promise that you've been holding on to? And you say, when is this going to manifest? When is this going to happen? And I want to talk about this. How to work with the Word of God. We should work with the Word of God. The Bible says every promise in the book of Corinthians is yes and amen. So if God has given you a promise, it's a done deal. If it's in God's word, it settles it once and for all. But why is it that so many people are saying, I've got a promise, I'm holding on to a promise, but you never see the promise? Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Matthew chapter 21. Family, listen to me. It's one thing to believe in the promises of God. It's a completely different thing to grab hold of the promises of God. It's one thing to believe it. Many people believe it. If I have to call Brother Pierre and I say, I hear that God has promised Blessing and prosperity for you. People will say, I believe it. believe God is going to bless him. I see he's serving, he's helping in the church. I, think, I believe God is going to do it. But when I walk to you, then you say, I'm not sure if God will do it for me. Let me see your hand if I'm talking to the right people here. You believe God can do it, but you're not sure if God wants to do it for you. So Matthew 21 verse 21, Jesus replied, listen To the truth. If you have no doubt of God's power and speak out of faithfulness, you can be the ones who speak to a tree and it will wither away. Even more than that, you could say to this mountain, be lifted up and be thrown into the sea and it will be done. One translation says, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. Turn to the person next to you say, have the God kind of faith. Now let me explain to you how God's promises work. You have your part to play and God has His part to play. Your part is to obey the Word of God. God's part is to fulfill His promises. So if you come and you say, God, I'm here today to receive my blessing. I'm here to receive my breakthrough. I'm here to receive my healing. I'm here to receive my deliverance. Because I believe that you're a healer. You're a deliverer. You're the one that goes before me to establish breakthrough. Before you come and you say, Lord, I want those things. You have to ask yourself, am I prepared to be obedient to God's word? Listen to me. Most people want to come here to the prayer line and say, 
Bless me. Remove the spirit of limitation. Deliver me from that. But all they want is the word of God to disconnect them from the spirit of limitation. All they want is the word of God to heal them. All they want is the word of God to deliver them. But after that, when they leave, they don't want the word of God to rule their lives. I've told you the story before. When a young man came here and he said, I need deliverance from lust. I said, yes, brother. We will pray for you, but God is showing me you have a girlfriend. You are sleeping with women on the campus in sexual relationships at varsity with women, and you've met a girlfriend. You're also in a sexual relationship with her. You want God to deliver you that you won't have the spirit of lust to sleep with all these other women, but you still want to have sex with your girlfriend. I said, let them go and explain to you salvation. You cannot say, God, deliver me from the lustful spirit from sleeping with other women. But help me to be faithful to this woman while I'm in a sexual relationship. I said, let, let the ushers go and explain to him salvation and come back. If you come back and you are prepared to accept Jesus Christ, we will pray for you. You know what's the heart sore thing? He never came back. Because he was not prepared to part with his sin. Are you ready to be ruled by God's word? Many people want to come to church for prayer. Want to worship and sing songs to the Lord and say thank you Jesus. I love you Jesus. And they're Christians on a Sunday. But Monday when they walk into the office, nobody even knows that you're a Christian. You're not allowing the Word of God to rule your life. Mondays to Saturdays. And now you say, God, you have given me a promise. Why haven't you fulfilled the promise? Why aren't you faithful? Why aren't you doing it? Am I talking to the right people here? Turn to the person next to you and say, it's time for you to act faith. Tell them again, say, it's time for you to act faith. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. If you are serious about your breakthrough, if you are serious about your deliverance, if you are serious about your healing, if you are serious, it's time for you to get serious about the Word of God. Otherwise, we are playing games. If He's not Lord of all, He's not Lord at all. Amen. It's not a matter of combining your strength, your ability, your traditions with the Word of God. Choose who you will serve. If it's God, serve God. If you don't want to serve God, then don't serve God. It's your decision. Because salvation is personal. Remember Joshua said to the people, you make a decision whether you want to serve God or not. He says, I've made a decision as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. I know you have many options. He was actually saying to them, you can go read Joshua 24. He was saying to them, you saying with your mouth you want to serve God. I'm telling you, you cannot serve God because you're allowing other gods in your house. If you say you want to serve God, remove those things out of your life. 
is not a matter of combining your strength, your gods, with the only living God. If you want the Word of God to work, work with the Word of God. James 1 verse 19, we confessed it. With meekness, I receive the Word of God into my heart, which is able to save my soul. He's writing to Christians. He's not writing to unbelievers. He's writing to Christians. He says, receive this Word into your heart with meekness. And it will change your way of thinking. Hebrews 11 verse 1. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove that it's still unseen. This testimony of faith is what previous generations were commended for. Faith empowers us to see that the universe was created and beautifully coordinated by the power of God's words. He spoke and the visible realm gave birth to all that is seen. Family, do you know what this means? Listen to me quickly. When you say, I claim the promises of God, Let's say this is the promise of God. Let's say this is the promise of God. If I say I'm claiming the promise of God, I'm in unbelief. Because Ephesians 1 verse 3 says, I am blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. Faith says, I'm blessed already. If you are claiming your promises, you're not allowing this word to dwell in you, and you are not dwelling in the word. You are still discovering what it says about you. I hope I'm helping some of you. The Bible says, now faith is. Faith acts now. Faith believes now, if you believe it, if you believe it, that settles it. Faith is never the problem. Because faith is something you have. Turn to the person next to you and say, faith is something you have. Why can I say faith is something you have? Because Ephesians says, by grace, through faith... You were saved. Where did you get that faith to be saved? God gave it to you by grace. That incorruptible seed has been placed here on the inside. That which was kept hidden, a secret, the glory of God on the inside of you. That's why the Bible says faith like a mustard seed is enough to move your mountain of sin. You just have to believe. Faith is not the problem. Faith is something you have. 
It's the believing part that's the problem. And believing on its own is not enough. That's why you have to act faith. Am I helping some of you here? Faith gives you the assurance in your heart that somebody is busy working out the answer to your situation. Faith gives you the assurance. Faith says, I know God is going to do it. I know God is who He said He is. That's why the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You coming here to church, God immediately can see in your heart whether you have faith or not. Faith is something you have, but God can see whether you are acting faith or not acting faith. So, In other words, if you are worshipping Him in spirit and in truth, where is He looking at? He's looking at your heart. Nicodemus, in John chapter 3, he had studied the Word. He was a teacher of the Jews for 30 years. And here Jesus comes on the scene. Nicodemus came to Jesus and he said, I don't understand what's going on. I'm giving you my version. He's saying, I've been a teacher of the Jews for 30 years. I know God's word from the front to the back and I can quote it. But in your life, you're around for a few years. I see signs, wonders and miracles. Why? There's a very good question, Nicodemus. If you are not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He says, what are you talking about? Should I go back into my mother's womb? And be born again, he says, no, no, no. I'm telling you now. If you're not born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. What does that mean? It means people can read the word of God. They can believe the word of God. But you need the Holy Spirit to work through you. True faith True faith comes from the regenerated spirit of man. That's the first work of the Holy Spirit is to regenerate your spirit so that your spirit is linked up with God. The Word of God. Now the Bible says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So what do you have to do for your faith to be strong? You have to be strong in the Word of God. Can you see why your faith has been like this? Not constant. Because you're reading the newspapers, what you see, what you hear, and then you go to the Word of God. You see what's happening to the dollar, and fear grips your heart. Then you say, oh, God, you said you'll, you'll supply all my needs. Lord, please supply all my needs. And you believe God can do it, but you never act faith. So your promise remains dormant. 
Many people come to church and they are taught, this is how you do it. Remember, you must say it. You must act it. And many people act and say it, but they don't believe it in their hearts. It's very dangerous. Remember the seven sons of Sceva? They saw what Paul was doing. They acted faith. They said, we believe demons can be, and they tried to cast out demons. But not in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you try and do these things and it's not in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's very dangerous. Matthew 6 verse 33 teaches us that the kingdom of God, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. righteousness. The kingdom of God is about the righteousness of God. Listen to me. The kingdom of God is about the righteousness of God. He who knew no sin became sin so that we can become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus came to make us righteous. That's why God is not looking at good for good people. You look shocked now. God is looking for holy people. There are many good people out there that don't know God. There are many people there doing good deeds, but they don't acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello? Sometimes you'll be surprised to see people that don't know Jesus can even do good deeds. Hello, am I talking to the right people here? So the kingdom of God is about righteousness. Kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So your miracle that you are seeking is produced through and by the righteousness of God. Because of your faith. I'm talking to a church here this morning, spiritual people. Abraham. Abraham. God gave Abraham a promise. Said, you are going to have a son. It was a battle for Abraham. He believed that God can do it. But when it didn't manifest immediately... Remember, his wife got embarrassed and she made a plan. Hello? Sometimes when God has given us a promise and we've told many people about that promise and it doesn't manifest, we feel embarrassed. And then we make our own plan. Hello? Let me see if you're guilty of that one. (laughs) But when God took Abraham... And he said, let me show you something. Showed him the stars. He met with Abraham, Melchizedek. The Bible says he had communion with him. They broke bread and they drank wine. What does that mean? It means Jesus came and explained to Abraham the message of salvation atonement. To the body of the Lord Jesus Christ that was, was going to be broken and the blood that was going to be shed. Then he said, look at the stars. 
And when he changed his name and when he changed his confession, within a year he had his promise. The Bible says, Abraham believed what God said. Abraham believed what God had said. And that was accounted to him as righteousness. Accounted to him as righteousness. Fourteen years later, fourteen to sixteen years later, God came to him and said, Abraham, that which you love dearly, I want you to sacrifice it. The Bible says, early the next morning, he arose and he went. Romans teaches us that he believed in his heart, even if he had killed his son, that God was able to raise him from the dead. Why? Because he had a revelation of atonement that the Son of God would come and die and be raised from the dead. He didn't doubt it. Even when God asked him to kill his son in his heart, he had faith. He believed that even if his son had to die, if he had to kill his son himself, that God is able to raise him from the dead. And the Bible said it was accounted to him as righteousness. What does Galatians 3 teach us? What was the promise made to Abraham? The promise that was made to Abraham was the Holy Spirit. Not cars, not houses, not big mansions. The Holy Spirit. Why? Because when the Spirit of life enters into your life, everything will change. Then everything you touch will be blessed. Because you'll know you are blessed with every blessing that's in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is on the inside of you. The Spirit of God is on the inside of you. That Holy Spirit that's more precious than silver and gold. And the kingdom of God is about that. And because God has made us righteous, the Holy Spirit can now be on the inside of us. The Spirit of faith. Am I helping some of you? Now, if you have faith and you believe that, you'll act faith. You'll act faith. Too many people are believing, but they're not acting. Remember the, the, the father that came to Jesus, he said, my son is demon-possessed, he's not been delivered. Jesus said to him, if only you believe. He didn't say, if only you had faith. He said, if only you believe. What did he say? I believe. Help my unbelief. Family, listen to me. When you come to God in humility and sincerity of heart, and you acknowledge your position before Him, and say, I believe you can do it, and I believe you want to do it for my brother, but Lord, help my unbelief. I don't know if you want to do it for me. Do you know what I've done in my life, Lord? Hello? And when He came in humility and sincerity of heart, and he confessed his position before God. He said, this is my position. Because he allowed the word of God to discern the intents and the thoughts of his heart. Guess what? His son was delivered. 
Even when he said, I believe, help my unbelief. It means if you ask God to help you when it comes to unbelief, he'll help you. Why? Because when you pray, when you pray, let's say I have to pray for breakthrough for my brother. He says, please, pastor, I beg you, you must pray for me. Oh, my God. Do you know what happened on the building site this week? I don't know if God is going to listen to my prayers. The Bible says, don't look at yourself. When you now pray, if you put your faith in your faith, in yourself, you're bound to be disappointed. But when I pray for him, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. You look to the cross where the price was paid in full. Say, Lord, I believe. What did Isaiah say in Isaiah 54? Whose report will you believe? Will you believe the report that he was bruised, that he was chastised? That by his stripes you are healed? Whose report will you believe? Not do you have faith. Do you believe? So the most important thing is, if you want to receive that miracle... And you want to make sure that you maintain that miracle. The answer for the healing is the same answer for salvation. That is the righteousness of God. Remember, when Jesus healed the man with the withered hand. When Jesus healed the man with the withered hand. He said, what is easier? To say, your sins are forgiven. Or to say, be healed. He said, what is easier? He said, it's the same. Why? Because the same thing is producing the miracle of salvation than the same thing is producing the miracle of healing. The righteousness of God. So if righteousness enters into your life, your life will start to change. Why is many people's lives not changing? Because they come and they say, pray for me, allow righteousness to enter into my life And bring healing. But when they leave, they don't allow the righteousness of God's word to rule their lives. What did Jesus say in John chapter 5 verse 14? He says, go and sin no more, lest a worse thing happens to you. What did he say? He said, now that you've been healed by God's word, you're going to have to be ruled by God's word. You're going to have to maintain this relationship. Otherwise, it becomes dangerous. A worse thing can happen to you. Remember, Jesus says, if we cast out a demon out of you, and this house is clean, and now later on, the demon comes back, and he sees nobody is occupying, he gets seven of his friends, and you become worse. And now people come for deliverance, and they don't maintain their relationship. And then they say, this church stuff doesn't work. The guy went for deliverance and now he is seven times worse. By your own confession, did you maintain your relationship with Jesus? When Jesus heals you, it's for the salvation of your soul. It means Jesus heals you so that you can serve him better. If Jesus heals you from lung cancer... 
is it for you to start smoking 20 cigars again per day? That means Jesus heals you to become a better sinner. If you have liver cancer because of alcohol, and God heals you of that liver cancer, is it now to drink two bottles again every day? No. God heals you so that you can become a better Christian. So that you can serve Him better. Manifest His glory. This is a challenging word. Because we have to keep our position in Christ Jesus. Unbelief can quote scriptures, but it will never act the word of God. Unbelief, or even believing, I can say, I believe I have to forgive people. But it's only when you start acting faith and you go and you say, Brother, please forgive me. It's not saying I believe I should do it. Many people believe, even the demons believe. It's time for us to act faith. Go to James chapter 1. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver us. The new King James says, With meekness receive the implanted word into your heart which is able to save your soul. What does it mean? This word has got the power to deliver you. It's got healing power. It's got deliverance power. It's got sanctification power. Everything that you are looking for, this word can do and has done it already. Amen? Amen? Don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. If you know you have to forgive somebody and you don't go and do it, you're deceiving yourself. Hello? So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. If you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear... You become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. You perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. Your origin is heaven. Your origin is heaven. Even when you are born again, it's your spirit that's linked up with God. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. How can you be one spirit with God if God has not made your spirit righteous? If He's not justified you? He came to sanctify us so that the Holy Spirit can live in our hearts. In our hearts, we are made to be like God. How welcome is God feeling in your heart? But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. Family, faith demands action. Faith acts now. Faith believes now. Faith receives now. Faith sees the invisible. It believes the impossible. And it receives the incredible. 
Faith says, I have it now. If faith says you have it now, your confession should change. That's why a true person of faith can say thank you before they've seen the manifestation. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they believed that God was their deliverer, even though while they were walking to the fiery furnace. Most of us today, if we're going towards the fiery, we, God, where are you? Where's your promises? God, what's going on? And when people start saying, oh, where's your God? Where's your God? That's what the king was doing. Heating up the furnace. Said, whether our God delivers us or not, let it be known to you. He is our deliverer. We're not changing our confession. We have a conviction in our heart. It's settled. The question is, do you believe it? The question is, are you still... Psalm 27, David said, The Lord is the light of my salvation, the strength of my life. He's not saying, God, please become the strength of my life. He said, you are the strength of my life. You are the light of my salvation. Wasn't crying to grab on to the promise, claiming the promise. said, the Lord is the light of my salvation. The Lord is the strength of my life. When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumble and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war may rise up against me, and this I will be confident for one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold His beauty and to inquire in His temple. In the time of trouble. You think that's negativity? No. He says, I know the enemy would come to kill, steal, and destroy. But in the time of trouble, he will place me in his pavilion. He'll set me on a high rock. What have you been confessing in your situation? The problem today is, We've taught people, remember you must be positive. So we teach them. Remember you must say the glass is half full, not half empty. If you've been to any positive speaking, remember the glass is half full. The problem is you can confess with your mouth the glass is half full. But in your heart, if you're feeling half empty, guess what's going to happen? It's half empty. You're going to act half empty. <laughs> The Bible says and teaches us in Luke that if you have faith and you speak to this mountain, you speak to this mountain, and when you pray, if you believe while you are praying, you receive it, you will have it. And we've had many teachings on claiming, framing, saying. You've heard all of those. It says, claim your promise, say your promise, and you'll have your promise. But then directly after that, Jesus teaches, and he says, if you have something in your heart against your brother, 
forgive your brother. What does this mean? It means Jesus is linking faith to forgiveness. He says many people are claiming their promises. They are confessing it and they are saying it. Remember, for faith to be faith, to release the righteousness of God, one has to confess it with your mouth, because with your mouth you make confession unto salvation. But in your heart you believe unto righteousness. So it's not for those who confess it, but those who believe it. So he, what is he saying? He's saying, confess it. Pray and receive it. That's faith. Acts now, believes now. He says, but the one thing that will disconnect you is unforgiveness in your heart. Because unforgiveness is unrighteousness. Faith that pleases God works through love. That's the kind of faith that pleases God. Remember, there are people that's going to come and say, Lord, we casted out demons in your name. We prophesied in your name. And Jesus will say, I don't know you. Why? Because God is looking into your heart. The word of God will always work. The word of God will work because it's the word of God. But the faith in your heart, whether it's working through love, only God can see. And for that faith to work through love... The Bible says you have to enter the Holy of Holies. And there's only one way to enter the Holy of Holies, and that's by the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus speaks of forgiveness. What's the thing keeping you back? Unforgiveness. Offense. Resentment. Some of you have been so angry with people, it's made you physically sick. You don't need prayer. You need to forgive. Because even if you come for healing now and we pray and the healing goes, but your unrighteousness in your heart is not left, that will just come back. And now you start blaspheming the Holy Spirit because you say it doesn't work. The pain left. But two weeks later, the pain came back. Why did you not forgive? Why didn't you let go? Why didn't you protect this treasure that's made for God, your heart? The Bible says those with a pure heart, they will see God. What does the enemy want to do? He does not want you to see God. So what is he doing? He's affecting your heart. Let me close with one last scripture. Romans chapter 1. Am I helping some of you here today? Turn to the person next to you and say, protect your heart. Above all things. Because out of it flows the issues of life. Tell them, make sure you keep your heart holy. You keep your heart sanctified. God is never ashamed of your situation. 
Romans 1 verse 17. The gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness. The gospel of God is about God's righteousness. A perfect righteousness. Given to us when we believe. Given to us when we believe. Abraham believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. And it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. To not just receive that life into your life, but now to start to live that life. To act it. This is what the scripture means when it says, We are right with God through life-giving faith. Your Bible might be saying, The just or the righteous shall live by faith. For you to effectively live by faith... You need the righteousness of God in your life. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. Remember, now when you want to pray, James says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What does it mean? It means your position in Christ Jesus. That's what it's all about. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The righteous shall live by faith. Not everybody. So make a decision. If you say, I want to please God, and faith is the only thing that pleases God, make a decision today to keep yourself in the righteousness of God. Remember, I'm closing with this. Righteousness is a gift. It's not what you do. It's what you believe. When you believe that he who knew no sin became sin so that you can become the righteousness of God, you receive it. Righteousness is a gift. You cannot work for it. Say thank you, Jesus, for your righteousness. Seal up. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.